This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 392 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today it's Brian Fiore. He's with Annex Wealth Management. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Should we say good afternoon or good morning or just... How you you know, see that the magic here is we can decide, you know, we can drive this. We can say more. We can even throw folks off and say good evening. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's up to you whether you want to let the secret out. What time of day do you think it is? So we can say it's midnight and we're on our third <laughs> glass of wine. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> uh, Got to have fun in business, right? Especially on a Monday. Right. Uh, so, Brian, tell us about Annex Wealth Management. Um, we're a, a fiduciary registered investment advisor. So we, we work only and always under the standard of fiduciary care. So like a doctor is supposed to always be in your best interest or a lawyer. Um, that's our first premise. Um, some folks in, in the public may not understand that. So there's brokerage firms, which is where you know the business started, where you can buy and sell investments. And the brokerage firm is supposed to, supposed to catch buyers and sellers and let you invest and how, and how you want. Um, they work under what's called a suitability standard where they let you do that in, in investments that are suitable, but they don't have to work in your best interest and they don't have to do a lot of grunt work or um, things behind that. So there's a, an area of the investment profession called registered investment advisors, which we are, which mandate in law, you have to work under, if you're a fiduciary under that standard, you have to work in the best interest of clients and there's legal ramifications if you don't and things like that. So that's what we are. Um, help people decide, make financial decisions on anything and everything financial. So that can be saving for college for a child. That can be planning for your retirement. That can be how best to use stock options if you're an executive or plan for something happens to you. Um, it could be, especially if you have complex tax returns, get an idea of what that looks like before you before March and April, before you actually, actually pay money. You can plan throughout the year what that might look like and help you keep more of your money than then spend in taxes legally, of course, that sort of thing, and then manage investments and, and financial planning. And so there's a lot of things we do, um, but it's more about allowing us to do the think, the thinking and the legwork and grunt work and the mathematics and all the um, analyzing things that help you make good financial choices. Yeah. So it sounds like you do a lot of strategizing then as well. You know, you might, someone might come to you about college planning for the kids and you might see some things that you, you open up clients eyes to. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's right. Ask, ask questions, get circumstances, get their point of view and experience what, what you want to accomplish and then help develop and implement a plan that will do that. So you're not winging it. I mean, <laughs> folks want to wing it, go ahead. But if you want some help, we do, you know, do the planning part. So it's not so much about winging it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Nothing better than having a plan when it comes to you know, your financial future and probably just just peace of mind, you know, because I, I'm sure you, you deal with a lot of business owners and, you know, they're very good and, you know, quasi experts or experts at what they do. But you can't be knowledgeable in everything in all aspects, especially nowadays with all the tax requirements and new presidents and new God knows what's going to come down the pike here. So to have someone who's kind of leading uh, the charge and can come back and report, hey, this is where you need to head, right? Uh, 
and yeah, get absolutely. Away. Especially when there are changes like you know legislation and all these different things. Last year there was quite a few changes that occurred. So I know a lot, but I don't know everything. We have our financial planning and tax planning teams' job to go dig into all that stuff. Those many thousands of pages of new legislation and make sure we can advise clients in the best way forward and stuff like that. So some folks uh, may on their own like to dig in and do all that grunt work and then God bless you. You can, you can make your choices yourself, but if you would like some help, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what about your journey, Brian? You know, how'd you get into the wealth management world? Um, from working in college. So I, I went to Florida state I'm a Seminole um, my father was in the army. I got to move around a lot before that. I ended up in Tallahassee for college. Um, I got a degree in physics, but so that's the math, you know, the mathematic part of it, I think. But during breaks, I worked for someone who used to be a lead options trader in Chicago. So I got introduced to the financial markets and economics and interest rates and all that stuff through him. So on my breaks, on my summer breaks and winter breaks, I would do work with him and talk about all that sort of thing. So after four years of college in physics, I went into the financial services business. Uh, How about that? That's an interesting path. Wow. Yeah, yeah it works out. Um, you know, you have to get experiences and then you figure out you know, what you like and what you don't like. So working in different fields helps helps that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the, the best type of experience is to have the combined work experience along with the education because until you you get out there in the real world, you don't know, you know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah, my first job was uh, ninth grade, I believe. I worked at a golf course as a cart boy in Kansas. I also was a, worked for a farmer on a tobacco farm. So I got. I also delivered furniture. I got you know, a variety of different work experiences. So yeah. I agree. Yeah, I would have never known some of the stuff I know if I didn't try different things, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's neat. How about when it comes to myths, Brian, uh, myths in the wealth management world, what do you hear that you can talk about? Um, well, a lot of folks, um, when you, when you invest, they want, they want to get exposed to all the upside, but maybe they don't, <laughs> they want none of the downside. Right. So there's no, that's not possible. <laughs> there's no strategy or secret sort of formula. Plan, that's the case, right? That's just not the case. So, um, again, on the fiduciary side, a lot of what we do is is risk adjusted or risk managed investing, meaning what's important to you, how much do you need to, to satisfy what you need in life, and then what's a good growth rate of investments that we need to achieve to get that. And often that's not shooting for the upside, not shooting for the moon, getting the beating on whatever market you're looking at. Often it's not because you don't need to do that. So um, we often are, are maybe managing a little more moderately than if you see certain markets going really high and you want to get part of that, fine, go ahead. But again, that's the upside. And then the downside is things can go down just as much, you know, on the downside. So, and that's definitely one of the big wants or wishes or desires or myths, <clears throat> but it's definitely not possible. You got to be willing to have some risk in investing and the safer you want to be or the more conservative, it's a different version than the aggressive and, yeah and going after things that you, you know, want to maximize that time. Yep. Yep. Dang it. I was hoping you were going to share some secret. Maybe once we, uh, you know, go off air, <laughs> share that. No, <laughs> yeah. I definitely have favorites and, and ideas, but again, there's no, there's no magic bullet I have for you on that one. Yeah. 
Well, I guess the worst case is that you know you, you get into an investment that you don't realize is high risk uh, and you find out the hard way. So, you know, it's again, back to planning, right? And, and having someone who's there for you can help guide you along. And, and uh, if someone decides to take that high risk, at least they know what they're getting into. Yeah, right? if you're, I, I used to, before Annex Wealth Management, I used to run the TD Ameritrade office in Fort Myers and I did a lot of um, client education presenting little seminars and things like that and discussing clients with what they know and how much time they want to spend and how to help them best use their time. Um, so if you're self-directed and you're making choices, you know, what, what's behind the choice? And, and if you don't do a lot of diligence or enough diligence behind the choice, then yeah, you can definitely be in a situation where you're investing in something and you expect one thing, but that doesn't really mm. match with what is reality, you know? Yeah. So that's definitely the case. Yeah. Terrific. How about when you're not working? What are you doing for fun? Uh, I like to stay fit. Um, I had a couple. My son's second year at University of Florida, so I'm a Seminole. He's a Gator. Uh, it's okay. We worked it out. <laughs> I don't have to root for the Gators, but I don't have to root against them. We're good there. Um, <laughs> he he played a lot of golf, soccer, athletics growing up, so I I did as well. So keeping fit and keeping up with them helped. My daughter is a senior in high school and she's a swimmer. Right. So at some point about 10 years ago, when she started swimming, I start, I learned all the strokes to keep up with her. Wow. I was able to keep up with her for about three or four years till she got to be 13 or 14. And then I couldn't do it anymore. So <laughs> he swims, you know, if you can imagine she swims a mile in the pool or they have these outdoor um, swimming events called open water and they swim more than a mile. So that's not something I can do. I'll tell you what. I mean, just to be a swimmer. I mean, I could see long distance running and, and you know, some of these other things that you see different. I mean, at least the scenery changes. But to be in a pool. And <laughs> the same lane, the same lap. <laughs> <laughs> and taking in water. And, and uh, it's like, yeah, yeah I have a lot of respect for swimmers. That's for sure. I ask her, does she like sing a song when she's doing that thirtieth lap, or what, what's going through her mind? Sometimes she says, "I don't know." So, and what happens when you lose count? Do you have to start over? I mean, it just, uh. yeah. Actually, for that reason, that they have what are called the uh, counters at the end of the lane. They stick a sign, you know, you're on lap twelve, thirteen. They stick a sign in the water, so you can focus on your song or whatever, and not have to count laps. Um, but no, that's been. Um, I don't know any parents out there. If you have swimmers as kids and they're into it, they have no time to do anything else. They can't get in trouble. They, they're all, my daughter got herself to swim at four or five in the morning, many days a week. Um, sometimes, you know, depending on the weather, lightning and all that, but twice a day sometimes. So she's been, uh, what, a, what grit and determination desire on her own. We just, we just helped, but we weren't telling her that she had to do all that. That's for sure. Well, I'll tell you, it reminds me of, and we're going to get to the heart hardship question in a moment, but to share my, one of my greatest hardships was freshman year in college. My first college course was swimming. I was a <laughs> teacher or going to become one. And uh, so 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. So my first class was for swimming. This was in Pennsylvania. And it was during, you know, well, to me, wintertime begins anytime that the thermometer goes below 70 degrees, but I am not a cold water fan. And that was the worst experience of mine. <laughs> now, I turn blue and stuff. <laughs> jumping into that cold water, 
three days a week at eight in the morning was just, I, I don't know how I made it through college. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't drop out at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess in the winter ish down here, the, the water can be warmer than the air sometimes, but not very often up yeah. there. I'm sure it happened a lot more. Oh, man. So speaking of my hardships, you probably have a much better story. So let's switch over to yours. You know, when it comes to hardships, life challenges, Brian, something that you now look back on and say, hey, because of that, I'm better for it. I'm stronger. What comes to mind? Um, well, I guess two things. One is not a hardship. One is more, the, I think, the privilege of being an army brat. Or My father was in the army, so we got to move every year or two or three. And some people don't think that's a good thing. Uh, I got to see a lot of places, meet a lot of people. Mm. Um, if you're participating in school and sports, you got, you know, 15 new friends every time you do whatever new sport is. So uh, folks that don't get to move around, a lot of think it's a bad idea. I think that was a benefit for me for sure. Yeah. Um, in college, one of my, um, I guess, hardship or something that opened my eyes a lot. I had a class that was about, environments and economics of environmental things and things like that. And we had to do a, we got a list of like 15 or 20 people that we had to call and ask them about what they thought of um, coal burning energy plants. And if there was a technology that reduced the pollution, would you be, would you be willing to uh, have one in your area or, and that and get their feelings on that sort of stuff. Huh. So I tried everything I could to get out of this. I didn't want to call people and ask them about this. I just didn't think that was right or whatever as a student. Yeah. That wasn't my job. And um, I asked to do other other types of work or anything else I could do for the professor. And he goes, no, if you don't do it, you're going to fail. So eventually, you know, the last I don't know, weekend before I had to get all this done, I did it and I just, you know, struggled through it and said, sorry, you know, sorry, I'm calling a student. Can you answer a few questions? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> so I kind of learned you know, what, I guess that was kind of cold calling in a way, but, you know, people don't like to be called on the phone for something that they're not really not interested in. So I learned a lot about that in, in a matter of a weekend. <laughs> I guess it was a good experience. Uh, about how many calls did you have to make? Do you remember? I had, a, I had a list of 20 people I was supposed to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, then I had to go to the next list. And that, so I ended up making maybe 40 or 50 calls that weekend. Wow. And I did enough just to satisfy that, that project. <laughs> You know, other than that, the course was nice, but that one, that part I didn't like. Yeah, I could see that. That's great. But what a, yeah. So I guess I learned, you know, I learned that after 50 calls, it's like, it's not a big deal. You just got to do yeah. it. And people, yeah. you know, it's, it's up to them if they want to participate or not. And don't take it personally. And, you know, you take a lot of no's. So in sales, there's a lot of no's and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and everything's not perfect and a lot of rejection. So I definitely learned about that in that phone call. Uh, that's great. How about one thing you wish our listeners knew about Annex Wealth Management? What would that be? Um, I think folks sometimes don't think they should um, pay for help. So, you know, people have coaches, athletes have coaches, business people have coaches. Um, that's basically we're a consultant, a coach. And our, we want to provide more value than what you pay us. So if you make a decision to do anything financial and it's not in the best area of the decision and you make a mediocre or less decision, 
you know, things can cost you much more than, you know, we would charge in a, in a low reasonable fee type stuff. So we're, we're a fee only fiduciary. We have, we charge a fee and everything else is included. We charge one fee and everything that we do is included. It's not all the cart or anything like that. And we try to make sure we uh, give more service and value than what we receive in payment. And so, you know, ongoing, we think we can do that. And I've seen, you know, too many times people make choices on their own because they're trying to save a little money here, a little money there, and they end up making not the best choice at all. And they have to go end up doing something else later and to make up for it and, you know, that type of stuff. Playing catch up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, super. Well, I'm sure we have it, listeners who are interested in learning more. How can they get in touch with you, Brian? Uh, AnnexWealth.com is our website, AnnexWealth.com. Our company is based in Wisconsin. Um, we have six or seven offices up there in Northern Illinois, and I run our Southwest Florida office here. So I'm Southwest Florida rep with a couple other people. Um, phone number is 239-350-6363. And during the winter, I, we have we have an intranet that shows our different branches and, and things like that. And we have Monday morning meetings. And it shows that each branch, it shows the city and a little weather bug. It shows the temperature. Uh-huh. So often we'll see Naples at 70 or 80 and we'll see minus four, minus five in Wisconsin <laughs> and things like that. So I get a lot of, uh, a lot of messages from our, my colleagues. We have about a hundred employees and there's only a couple of us down here in Southwest Florida. So you imagine what we, we might hear. <laughs> and, and are they allowed to come down and visit at all or do you keep them out? No, we kind of treat this as Annex South. So anybody who wants to vacation down here and also have the ability to work, they're uh, able to do that. And I got no problem. Come anytime you want. Um, yeah, the our owner has a place down here. We have a lot of family and, and uh, employee family and friends that come down here in the summer or in the winter or things like that, clients that come down here. So there's a lot of connection and um, they're definitely welcome. And it's kind of a benefit to work here is to have an Annex South, I think. I'm with you there, especially if you're living in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just last month it was minus, you know, whatever. And we're 70 or 80 here. So I have a little patio on our office building that in our Monday morning meeting, sometimes I sit out there with a palm tree in the background with the wind blowing and there, you know, it says minus five. So I rub it in a little bit. <laughs> Keeping it real. I love it. Love it. Well, Brian, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you spending time with us today and sharing the wonderful things uh, you guys are doing and wish you the best going forward. Thank you. Pleasure. I enjoyed it. Good to meet you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com or call us at 239-224-4105.